And we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. So, as we discussed last week, during the holidays and and um, with the new year coming, there's not that much news. The news cycle dies down a lot. Companies don't put much things out there, and people are on vacation and everything. So, there's not that much news coming out. But we have still a few news items that we want to discuss today. But then we're going to spend uh, probably the majority on the sh- of the show just basically sharing our thoughts on uh, the year for electric vehicle 2022. How was it? Uh, the highlights and whatnot. And then uh, move into what do we expect or hope for the EV industry in 2023. And uh, we, we hope for it to be interactive. So that's why we're going to keep it for the later half of the show. Let Sometimes for people to come uh, to come in, but if you guys have uh, have any uh, question for us regarding those subjects, just put them in the comment section right now. We are live, and uh, same thing goes for uh, if you have specific subjects that you want to discuss, especially looking into 2023 or even just uh, reminiscing on the on the year. But a few news items kind of still uh, this this week that was uh, notable. Uh, like uh, Tesla finally releasing a uh, production rate for the 4680 battery cell. So that's that's big. That's uh, especially looking into 2023. Speaking of, uh, the 4680 is going to become a bigger storyline for Tesla. Uh, it's going to support more of uh, Tesla's uh, growth in terms of uh, production, vehicle production. And um, this is the first time that they're making battery cells. And they've been keeping the data very close to their chest. Haven't been releasing much. We knew from the fact that Tesla switched a lot of the production from the Model Y in Gigafactory, Texas, from the 4680 to going back to the 2170. We knew that it wasn't going great because of that. Um, but Tesla never released, actually. They just said, oh, yeah, of course, it's early in the production. We're going to have some bottlenecks and whatnot. But uh, they kept saying that we're working through them. They didn't seem to be too worried about it. But, like... That's what company does, really. They don't want to uh, set any panic into like, hey, uh, this program is actually failing right now. Um, but the only thing that they released is uh, it was in February of, of this year, so almost a year ago at this point, that they said that they produced their first million cell at the uh, pilot plant in Fremont. But like that was the f- a million to date, so that doesn't give us anything about the production rate. In between now, uh, then and now, they did say a few things about, oh, we... Um, uh, we increased the output by whatever percentage from last quarter and whatnot. But again, we never knew what the first output was in the first place. So they might have went from three cell to nine cell. That's a 300% increase, but that's not that impressive. So now for the first time, they confirmed that they produced uh, 868,000 cells in a seven-day period. So they have a production capacity of over 800,000 cells over seven days. And uh, 800,000 cells is good enough for over 1,000 cars. Presumably the, the Model Y, uh, it's not a standard range, they call it, but the whatever, the, the medium version, basically they were producing at the Gigafactory Texas. Uh, so yeah, I mean, in February, they had a million cells. Now they can pr- basically produce that in a week. Uh, like a week and a half, and they have over a million cells. So that's uh, that's good. Though a thousand car, good for a thousand car, is still not significant, obviously. But uh, at least going into 2023, it shows that Tesla is able to produce it in decent volume, and uh, hopefully they can get that to over five thousand cars by uh, sometimes next year. Any other manufacturer, that'd be a big deal. Like uh, you know, Chevrolet is going to make seventy-seven thousand bolts next year. Yeah. Like they could fill up all those bolts with uh, 4680s, but Tesla just makes so many more cars that that's yeah. not. Or, or or if you compare it to a, a battery startup, like if like QuantumScape right now was producing enough cells to to build a thousand cars right now, it would be like giant news. But since it's Tesla and we, we don't we don't see it that, like that as much. But uh, obviously, QuantumScape would be a different deal because they would be producing enough solid-state cells to produce right. cars, and that's uh, we're nowhere near that yet in the solid-state market. Maybe something to discuss um, later on when we talk into 2022 if uh, if we think that solid-state will finally play a part uh, in the EV landscape. Uh, breaking news that just came out uh, a few hours ago. I have a source that confirmed that uh, Tesla, for the next two days, today and tomorrow, they're offering the $7,500 uh, discount on the Model S and X. 
So we reported on a bunch of discounts that came out from Tesla this month in the US, but they were mostly for Model 3 and Model Y. There was the 10,000 free supercharging miles that was for all cars, but uh, there was no direct discount on the Model S and X. And uh, for the Model 3 and Y, there was the, the, the 3,750 discount and there was a full 7,500 discount. And we noted that those were kind of compensating for the federal tax credit coming in effect next month. And they were the same amount that Tesla could have received from, from that based on uh, later on when the um, battery requirement was pushed back to March. Tesla was expected to get the full credit, and then shortly after, Tesla offered the full credit. Uh, but now Model S and X is different because Model X and X were never going to receive the credit at all because they are way too expensive. They start at $105,000. The limit is $80,000, and that's for SUVs. And so only the Model X would apply, not even the Model S. Uh, so this this is clearly like a, a demand issue type of thing. Now, not that big of a deal, obviously, because there's two days left in the quarter and Tesla just want to kill their, their inventory, basically. So it's uh, it's going to affect some car. But if you are in the market for a Model S and X or Model S or Model X right now in the US, that's probably your best deal that you're going to get, uh, in my opinion, because, uh, because it's not like you can expect to have any kind of incentive coming. Is that for like the uh, floor models and and test vehicles as well, or is that just new cars? Uh, I would I would assume that it's uh, for everything. Uh, Interesting. It's that for could, uh, what my big, source big told me is that everything that's a new order place right now that can be that you can take delivery by basically tomorrow night, I guess, because uh, they they want it to be by the end of the quarter. Hmm. Oh, our top comment. Uh, it's about the end of quarter push. Yeah, we're gonna get into that too. We have a. Something about that also. Oh, Tesla has been very generous with sharing data lately. We have we had the data point of the battery cells, and now we have for the first time Tesla confirming how many people bought full self-driving package. Sort of. Um, <laughs> the, the exact the exact phrasing was uh, uh, they said that it was part of the like all their achievement, all the milestone that they achieve in uh, in 2022. They they released like a series of thread on Twitter about that. And uh, part of most of it was like everything that we already knew and we reported on as, as, it, as it happened. But uh, enable anyone in North America who has purchased FSD to request FSD beta. So we knew about that. But then Tesla had reaching 285,000 vehicles. So now there's a few ways to interpret that. So the, it either means that... 285,000 people bought FSD beta. Well, I mean, it, it at least means that. It, at least, it means that at least 285,000 people bought FSD in North America. Now, you could also interpret it as, because um, you are, now everyone can request FSD beta if you bought it. So it might be 285,000 people that requested FSD beta. Right. It's, it's, not, it's not clear from the phrasing. Like, obviously, it's a Twitter thread. And so they do. Uh, economy of words and whatnot, like characters, really. Uh, so it, it's one of the other, but at the very least, it confirms that 285,000 people in North America bought FSD beta. And or, that's a, or a subscription to it. Yeah, they made no mention of subscription. How many people do you think actually subscribe to that thing? Like, that's, uh, like it's so know. useless right now. Like, what, like I, get, I get buying it with the hope that it's going to get better in the future, but buying it right now to test it, like you're paying $200 a month to better test something, like that makes something no that's sense. That's not great. Yeah. yeah, makes no sense to me. I, I, I'd be surprised if there's any significant amount of people that are uh, subscribing to FSD right now. But 285,000 people likely bought it. Um, and uh, and so we tried to figure out the take rate, but it's hard because it's hard to confirm exactly how many cars are in North America right now that, that have FSD. So it's at some point in in the 2016. So, so it's every car delivered in North America at some point in 2016. I estimate that it's at least 1.5 million. It might be a little bit more than that uh, by a... A few hundred thousand max, I would think. So it would give it if we if we take the one point five million number, it would give a take rate for a full self driving package of nineteen percent, which is actually higher than I would have thought. Uh, but again, there might be a few more vehicles to that, so so it might be closer to like fifteen percent, uh, which I think would make a little bit more sense in my opinion. Um, but still, I mean, if you take two hundred and five thousand people and you multiply that by 
let's say 8,000. It's 15,000 right, right now, but obviously it changed a lot over the years. 8,000 might be low as an average because uh, Tesla obviously delivered a lot more car lately. And lately it's been between $10,000 and $15,000. So it likely pushed the average a little bit higher, but again, no way to know that. Um, it would be over $2 billion in revenue just in FSD for Tesla. Of course, they are not, they are not declaring all that revenue yet. They, they are deferring it uh, because they haven't actually delivered on everything. But uh, we discussed a few weeks ago, remember, like uh, with uh, the lawsuits coming in and potentially the new hardware retrofit and all that, like how expensive it would be if they have to reimburse people or do the retrofit. Like this, when I would say that it's going to be in the billions of dollars if it's a recall. Like you have it right here. Like this is a all right, lawyers. Yeah, this this is your notice. Billions of dollars. <laughs> oh, don't say that. I, I see them salivating. Like, I know. Oh, okay. This is a two billion dollar class action potentially right now. Ooh. I'm not saying that that's gonna, that's what's going to happen, but it's a like in terms well, of it'd be, it would be nice if Tesla just went ahead and said, "Hey, you know, we're worth you know hundreds of billions of dollars. Maybe mm-hmm. two billion to our best customers isn't you know a voluntary." Yeah. A voluntary uh, return. Yeah, reimbursement. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that, that's a, a black eye on Tesla for not for not offering that really because ju- just for the fact that they've been late on this program that they uh, they promised things and didn't deliver and they keep moving the goalposts. They, they should at least they, like if you're not happy about it, we understand. We screwed up. You you, you you should get your money back. And then some people, a lot of people, won't even do that. So it wouldn't be $2 billion that they would have to um, give back, but it would be a good wheel at least. All right. Um, the IRS this week, they updated their list of uh, vehicles eligible to the federal tax credit following the deferral of the um, requirement, the battery sourcing requirements. So now we have a little bit more details. So starting with Tesla, um, this is a bit of a surprise. So obviously Model S and X, not in there, not a surprise. But okay, Model 3 rear-wheel drive makes sense. Model 3 long range, though. Um, let, me, let me see Model 3 long I forgot to check real quick, but uh, does it start at 55? It cannot be much. It sounds started. about right around where it starts. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not even available to order right now. That's right. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, so yeah, there's not. You don't even put the price in right now. So I, I would assume that the price would be under fifty five. Like the the inform because the Tesla had to file some paperwork. So I assume that they are bringing the price down to fifty five. I kind of want to say that it was over fifty five before. Wait, you can't buy a Model Three right now. Not not a long range one. You can you cannot order it. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's been um, like that for a little bit. Probably the more interesting thing is the Model Y and yeah. the seven seat variants are the only ones that uh, get the you know the the limits up to eighty thousand dollars. So well, it's it's that it, it doesn't make sense the way that they put the limit because they they put the Model Y in there that don't have um, the five seat too, so they are in there, but they are in there with the fifty five thousand dollar price limit, which is it, it is not. Uh, 55. Let me see how much it is. Uh, it, it, ma- it, it makes no sense. Like there's uh, there's a lot of inconsistencies in the IRS. As a, so it starts at uh, sixty six thousand dollars, but it's in there as if it's eligible, but at fifty with the fifty five limit. But how are you going to get the fifty five limit if it's not offered? So unless Tesla signal that they're going to do something about that, maybe reduce the price or whatever. I don't know. I'd be surprised about that because I think Tesla was expecting to get the 80,000, but like Seth said, it's only in the seven seats limit. You know, what's kind of funny is the third row is a $3,000 option. Mm -hmm. So you could get the third row and qualify for the $7,500. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you cannot get the, unless you go with the, even with the performance one, I don't think you, you get past eighty with with third. Oh no, you can you cannot get a third row. That's the other thing too. Yeah, the performance third row is in there, but I don't think you can get a third row with the performance one. Yeah, you cannot. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of things that don't make sense in this. Like it just doesn't make sense. Uh, Jamie had uh, a theory about this. He said that it might be related to the weight of the car, not actually oh. the seven seat. 
So if you pass the 6,000 mark, then maybe they consider you an SUV and then you get the $80,000 price limit. And that could explain this uh, because the other thing is that the ID4, so the, uh, we can get into all the vehicles too because um, Scooter did the post about it. Um, all the ones that have done the paperwork. Some, yeah. some, some companies haven't done the paperwork yet. Yeah. Slackers. <laughs> yeah. GM. Yep. And uh, the, we have the on the list is like it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and the ID four does qualify, and the ID four doesn't have a seven seat, so it cannot be this. It cannot be related to the seven seat, and it is a little bit heavier the ID four than the than the Model Y. It comes in at just over six thousand pounds, so that might explain the whole thing. Um, and then the third row seat, which probably weighs I don't know what. 100 pounds or 200 i don't know what a third row would yeah. weigh but with all the mechanics and stuff probably a couple hundred pounds pushes it over six thousand. so tesla is basically incentivized right now to make their model y heavier <laughs> yeah just put a big brick in the back or something yeah like it makes no model. sense <laughs> I, I would expect things to change a little bit uh, but right now for 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 now like you have to just follow the website so if you are expecting in your budget to get um to get a, a, the federal tax credit, I would go with the website, but I'm pretty sure it's going to evolve in the next few months and we're going to keep a close eye on it and most likely going to change a lot in March when they do release their gardens, the garden guidance about um, battery sourcing, battery material sourcing, battery component making and all that. Now, there's another one here that I didn't put in there that I should have uh, is um, the... The, one of the other changes in the IRS this week that they did is that they opened the door for people to get access to the incentive if they do the buy. Well, it's not buying a car, I guess. If they get a car through a commercial lease, so a business lease, they could get access to the tax credit, even though the car is not made in North America, which uh, is kind of a weird loophole. But there's a bunch of people that are interpreting the update in the IRS filings this week like that. Now, it would be surprising if that's actually the case. But for now, there's a possibility to interpret it like that. Just putting that out there. Um, it would be a big change. But at the same time, it could make sense because the U.S. has been getting a lot of pressure right now internationally from Europe and Asia about... Uh, uh, about the fact like in Europe, a lot of places that do have incentive electric vehicles don't care where the electric vehicle is made. They just, it, it, it does make sense to a degree. Like the, if the idea behind the incentive is to convince people to go electric over gasoline and the goal is to burn less gas, well, the provenance of the vehicle does not matter for that. Uh, so the U.S., it's both an incentive to accelerate EV adoption and also to encourage uh, production in the U.S. and they've been extremely successful in doing that already. There's a there's a bunch of uh, companies that have announced major investment into EV production in the U.S. It, it, it kind of already did its job before it's even in place, really. So you could technically open it up, really, and be like, "Hey, you can actually uh, open it up to uh, vehicles built in other countries." It's just that uh, it, people already invested a ton of money in building them in the U.S. now, so. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, that's one of the big themes of 2022 yeah. is like that IRA plan got everybody to uh, want to build factories and battery factories, car factories and battery factories in the U.S. I, mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen so many companies announce U.S. plants. And not just the U.S. and Canada and Mexico, too, because yeah. North America accounts for it. Yeah, that was definitely a giant storyline for the year. Like basically every other week, there was a major announcement about a battery factory or a vehicle factory. Yeah. All right. Our last piece of news that we're going to discuss before getting into it. And please put your comments in the comment section right now for us to discuss the, uh, any subject related to EV in 2022 and uh, looking forward into 2023. Uh, we got an email from Elon Musk this week where uh, it was the usual end of the quarter push email where he says, I mean, he always says the same thing. He always used the words all out. Let's go all out. So he told employees to go all out for the end of the quarter where Tesla is trying to push deliveries. 
And obviously, we reported a lot on that lately with the discounts and then the selling the display model and the test drive model and all that. So it pushes employees to do that. Thanks to employees for the hard work. Uh, but then he added something about, please don't be too bothered by stock market craziness as we demonstrate consumer excellent performance. The market will recognize that. So he's basically telling people not to worry about the stock price crashing, um, which is kind of ironic because in the in the line before that, he says, let's go all out for, for the end of the quarter. And the only reason that they go all out for the end of the quarter is for the stock price and the stock market, like because Wall Street is so doesn't look into the future and, and goes quarter to quarter. And Elon himself admit that it's super inefficient to to do these end of the quarter pushes like that. Instead, they should try to manage the deliveries throughout the quarter. But uh, because they need to have as low inventory as possible in the quarter for it to look good on the balance sheet, they do these in a quarter push. So that's kind of ironic. Uh, and then he asked against people to volunteer to help with deliveries on their off times during the holidays. He's asking a lot of these people. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it really doesn't make sense at this point. Like, I know the stock price is down, mm-hmm. but like, we know that they do this thing every, at the end of every quarter and they get rid of like a bunch of extra inventory mm-hmm. just to get their numbers up that extra few percentage points. Like we know that happens. Why do we have to go through this charade every 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 uh, quarter? It just seems kind of silly. And Jamie and you guys, I know we're talking about this mm. in the uh, in the Slack room. Mm. Like the the cars that go on sale next year, uh, the federal government's going to give seventy five hundred dollars uh, to you know a lot of the customers that are buying those. Like why why sell them now? Like why why not? You know, why give, you know, they're giving customers $7,500 off the price. If they wait two days, mm-hmm. uh, they can get, <laughs> the the government will give them $7,500 and they can sell it for the same price that they were, you know, originally planning to. Yeah, so, it's just, it's that big of a difference that it makes on the balance sheet. If they have the car in inventory, if they paid, like, because Tesla pays for all those cars to be made. So it's yeah. like, it looks really bad. And I they guess are, they're willing yeah. to give that that money instead of the government giving it just for that. Crazy. Yeah. No, definitely. But yeah, and there's also something like so we haven't talked about that enough, probably, but we've talked a lot about Tesla's stock price, obviously. But it, it doesn't just affect like regular investors; it affects Tesla employees a lot too, because a lot of Tesla's. Uh, compensation is attached to stock options for employees. And that's something that Elon has even bragged about several times, especially when the, there was union pushes at the Fremont factory. They were like, yeah, every employee is a stockholder here because everyone gets stock option. And also we are, we, we give when people were complaining that the pay at Fremont factory wasn't very good, especially compared to other automakers, especially compared to the fact that automa- most of the automakers build in the South and build in, in Michigan and things like that, where the cost of life is uh, much less expensive than in the Bay Area. So if you get paid $20 an hour in Fremont, you don't live the same as if you get paid $20 an hour in Tennessee, though cost in Tennessee has increased a lot too lately. Um, but um, you get my point. So he's used that saying that actually they get paid more than any other automa- uh, automotive workers because they also get stock options. But the stock options are not worth that much if the stock is falling, like free falling, like it has been all year. Uh, so there's something a bit wrong that feels wrong when a billionaire CEO tells the employee, don't worry about the stock crashing right now. When he's a big part of the reason why the stock is crashing because he's been selling tens of billions of dollars worth of it all year. And then there's the Twitter stuff, like you cannot quantify it, but whatever. And he's telling people, don't worry about it, even though he's going to be okay, obviously. And he's the reason for it. So I feel like I could understand that employees would be actually worrying about it. Like, this is, this is not, if, if, especially if it's a big part of your compensation plan. And then, yeah, in the, in the same breath, it asks you to volunteer to go get deliveries, too. That's, that's, that, I, if we get into the, we can get into the, the, the stories into 2022 and 2023. But that's one for me regarding Tesla, because obviously I'm, I focus on, on, on Tesla and my reporting. But um, I want to see Tesla 
stick to the mission because the if if employees are volunteering right now during the holidays on their time off to go help with deliveries, they're not doing it because they love Elon Musk. They're doing it because of the mission. Like they are the true believers in Tesla's mission to accelerate the advent of sustainable energy and transport. And it's, uh, it's not for Oculus. For Oculus? Or sorry, uh, the robot with the Optimus. Optimus. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's getting a little they're, late in the year. They're, they're giving out free uh, VR headset or something. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, Backseat. Yeah. So, so I want to see Tesla in 2023 it stick to its mission, like focus, like especially the leadership, obviously, because uh, Tesla is delivering on it. They are delivering a lot of cars. And that's probably the biggest story in 2022, I, I would say is the growth in, in volumes. Uh, the growth in volumes and the growth in market share in EVs, because in not, and that's not just because of EV volumes. That's because gas vehicle sales have been going down and have, they, they have been down since the COVID. COVID really changed the game because everything went down during COVID and then people thought like it, it would come back. But for the, auto, the automotive market, it, it came back through EVs. Like people just switched to EVs, especially with then this year, the big change too was also Russia uh, invading Ukraine and the price of gas shooting up. That was also a giant story in the EV industry. And these the, the COVID aspect and came in 2020, 2020 and then 2022, the, the, the gas prices, these two combinations like were big inflation point, I think, to convince people that uh, EVs are the future. And... Um, and I, w- I would like to see Tesla leadership just come back to the, the, the original mission instead of uh, whatever distraction of the moment is when it comes to Elon Musk. That would be that would be a big one for me. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, it would be nice if uh, t- Tesla could separate itself from uh, the uh, right wing tweets and stuff. Um, I mean, he's you know currently uh, saying. Greta Thunberg is cool, so at least he still has that. Like, yeah, dream. but he doesn't think she's cool because of her uh, environmental activism. She probably thinks she's cool because she had the, the zinger this week on the uh, uh, on, yeah. on uh, Andrew I, Andrew Tate is his name, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like she used, she used Twitter for it too, so he was like, "Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's money." Yeah. It's yeah, you know, of obvious it's, too, right? That that was like that's what's really attracting her, uh, him to her. Like that's it's not it's not even he's not he's never talking these days about uh, any kind of you used to like it. You know, I remember the Elon that did the presentation at the Paris um, right environmental uh, was it COP whatever uh, COP eighteen whatever it was. He was twenty something, but yeah, maybe um, not. I don't know. No, that was before that. That was in the COP twenty one. It was. Uh, I don't remember which, but was the big when the Paris Agreement was signed. Basically, I think that he did the presentation that like he was like a true environmentalist back then. Now he's like, ah, I mean, we should drill more oil, and then now, uh, yeah. Which I mean, no one is arguing that we we stop oil production right now. Like everyone know what would happen. Like if, I shouldn't say everyone because there are definitely some hardcore environmentalists that just don't understand how the world works and they, they think that that would be a solution. Uh, but like. Yes, environmental disaster can completely annihilate the human population, but there's other things that can annihilate human population too. And stopping oil production right now would be one of them. Um, so, but it, most most people be, that understand how the world works like know know that. So, but still, so you don't really need to like argue for more oil production, and especially the CEO of Tesla doing it is just it looks bad. It sends the wrong message, uh, so I would like to Elon to come back to sending the right message. Really, uh, yeah. I mean, the other option, I guess, would be like just to divorce himself from Tesla, and you know, like, hey, you can be a board member and mm. and you can come up with some neat ideas, but like, you know, just you can have your crazy Twitter scene, and other people can run Tesla and be the face of Tesla, and mm. and the PR can go through like normal channels instead of going through a Twitter account. Um, 
you know, and that thing really bothers me. Like he hijacked Tesla's like internal and external communications and made it all go through his Mm -hmm. Twitter account. Like I probably wouldn't even follow Elon if like the Tesla Mm -hmm. news didn't come, uh, through that and, and there's not much these days that come through that too. right well it's just like the noise the the mm. signal to noise ratio is like nothing like 0. 0.01 um you know it's, it's like very selfish like mm. they this is a company with like ten thousand or a hundred thousand employees uh that really needs to like communicate to the public um everything shouldn't have to come you know go in and out through your twitter account that's that's crappy and it's an exciting company and it's a you know company that's changing the world but it's not elon musk you know third job or whatever so uh that's that's a real disappointing thing and i hope that's something that you know tesla twitter account starts operating again you know tesla well they do i actually seen seen the twitter being a little bit more active lately and i've seen even the blogs a little bit more blogs yeah. So I, I I think that's related to I think someone at Tesla actually like woke up and like I, I think we need a little bit more of our own communication than just be but I think there needs to be more than that obviously because what pisses me off the most really other than again like Elon just not not putting Tesla's mission first is uh, is actually that Tesla the board is not doing anything to to just reining him in the way that they would do for any other employees. Like if any other executive at Tesla would be tweeting the nonsense that he's tweeting right now, and I'm not talking about like the free speech stuff. And I'm, I'm talking about like insulting people online. Like this week there was, I don't know. I don't even know who he did that to, but I don't care. Like he, he said someone had like small testicle or something. Like if you have an executive of your company that's, I have a prominent Twitter account. So when he tweets something, it goes out to a lot of people and he tweets shit like that. You, you, you have to like reach out to him and be like, Hey, that's not cool. Like you're uh, an executive of our company. You represent a company at the public. You shouldn't comport yourself. You, you, you should behave in a way that is respectable and, uh, and not tweet things like that. And he, he had a bunch of those lately that uh, if there was any other employees at Tesla, they, they would be reprimanded. And I, I, I as far as I know, the board hasn't done any of that for Elon. No, no. Uh, the board's all in his pocket anyway. Yeah. We know that. Yeah, that that's the other part of disappointing. Like Elon has been disappointing for a little bit, obviously for 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 us that have been following closely and haven't been blinded by the the cult uh, for a while. But uh, now, now, now I'm pushing some of the blame to to tesla's broader tesla and the tesla board really for not for not doing anything because uh i don't know what they i don't even know what they're thinking because because they are sensible people on there i mean it literally has his brother on the board and whatnot like obviously i'm not thinking like i'm not putting all my money on kimball uh reigning especially he's his little brother so if it was a bigger brother maybe he's like hey how about you chill a little bit or something but anyway I would, um, yeah, I lost some respect for the people on there that are not just speaking out. And I don't know what they're thinking. Are they thinking like, oh, he's, he's, it's a phase and it's going it, to it's gonna turn around at some point? And maybe it will, but it's a phase that if you've been following closely, we have saw it coming from a long time. Like, uh, I mean, I come back to my, my article from 2020 where I, I said that the super fandom is corrupting Elon's feedback loop. Like, I think... Uh, I'm gonna pat myself on the back a little bit. I'm thinking about, I think I called it on this one. I think that the feedback Luke has broken, and he. Um, I think you're the one who sent me that uh, the Elon alerts thing. Yeah. Okay, so that's interesting because you, you, this account follow what Elon likes on Twitter, and that's fascinating because you see him like a bunch of tweets that are just people praising him. Like nonstop, like all day long. Like, if I, I'm sure if I look like that, I open my phone. Yeah, sure enough, I have. Uh, can I show it? There's nothing sensitive information on this. Like, so I have my feedback, and every, every time I, I look at my phone, I have a notification, and one of them is going to be from the Elon's alert. And I click on Elon's alert right now. Uh, 
okay, at least it's not praising him. It's about Tesla. But I decided today that once I receive my cyber attack, I will immediately do a road trip all across the United States and document it on Twitter. Okay. Who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. How about you deliver the the, the 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 truck about that? Like you know, I yeah, have a gift, ton. I, guess. I have a ton of plans too for my cyber truck and my roadster that <laughs> I'm not sharing with anyone until I know that I can have them. Uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, Actually, that was. Yeah, go ahead, Sid. No, I was just. It's just. Yeah, the Twitter thing is, and it, it's a distraction for us because we'd rather be talking about electric cars and oh, yeah. and getting and getting uh you know more, more green infrastructure in um and there's a lot of cool things like you know i kind of want to change the subject because we can probably talk about twitter all day but like one of the things that uh we really started talking about uh is vehicle to load mm -hmm. and the ford f-150 getting um you know kind of like the ability to uh kind of power a house for multiple days and uh actually ford gave us an f-150 to try it out and it worked really well it's called ford pro power um, and then, you know, it's also in the Hyundai uh, EGMP platform. Those those cars can put out about two kilowatts um, that can back up a small house uh, for a little while or it can, you know, power a, a work site or do some, you know, camping stuff. So those are all cool things. Where's Tesla on that? Like uh, mm -hmm. they, they know how to do, you know, backup batteries. Um, you know, I understand like, the, hey, they have another product called the Powerwall, but like Maybe not everybody wants to buy a Powerwall. Maybe, you know, having the car power the house in the, you know, one or two times a year that your power goes out makes a lot more sense. And the fact that Tesla is getting beat in this area and people are buying cars that do this rather than Tesla's um, is something, you know, right now it's not a big deal. But um, as more and more manufacturers get on board with this, uh, Volkswagen's ID4 is eventually going to be able to do this, according to Volkswagen. But you know, they're not really great with software. So been a lot slower than they've told us. But once every car can do this and Tesla's can't, like that's going to be kind of a, kind of a, I don't know. It, it, it'll, if, if I'm on the fence between Tesla and another car and the other car can power my house during a power outage, they're going to lose. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call it right now. I'm thinking Tesla will, will never go vehicle to home, vehicle to grid. Really? I think, I think they will go, uh, there will be output, uh, energy output that you can uh, plug directly into the car, but it will be more about like using outside the home, like powering work stuff, uh, power tools, and, and all that. And I don't is, think is that just uh, because of the Powerwall business? Partly about the Powerwall business, it's just about because let, let's be honest, um, those things are good, like the Ford and everything. For power outages and stuff like that, that, that makes sense. They they are like lifesaver and that stuff, and that's that's a great feature and it should exist for sure. But I think when when it comes to the power wall and when it, when it comes to Tesla's uh, view of of energy inside the home, uh, they have a little bit bigger vision in terms of like they want to be an energy re retailer. We, we saw it with Tesla Electric launch a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. They want to be an energy retailer, and for that, the vehicle to grid doesn't work very well. Uh, it's not it's not ideal to use your car for that because it's a lot more frequent and it's all the time really. Uh, so I think Tesla is really pushing for power wall and solar when it comes to that. Um, I think, I think, um, I think that's going to be the way to go for Tesla, but that's the way they see it. What really I think would be the ideal solution for that personally would, because Here's one thing we don't know, unless that, that changed recently and I, I missed it. But do we know how much the Ford, the Ford Pro Power stuff costs at the home to install? So two things about that. One is like if you have the the Sunrun uh, invert, but it's not even yeah, yeah it's like so. a setup. It's like a certain cost, and I think it's like five thousand bucks extra, along with having everything else. But the Ford Pro Power will put out 250 uh, and at, at 10 kilowatts, 250 volts or 240 volts. So you can just get an, a generator. Like if you have a generator outlet in your house, mm -hmm. you can, for the price of a cord, plug in your car to your home and run everything your generator would run. So you really, I mean, it won't flip over automatically like a power wall will or, or like the Sunrun solution will. Um, and that, that, 
is cool and that's worth extra money, but a lot of extra money we are hearing though, like thousands yeah. of dollars. Right. So, you know, for the price of a cord, you're basically able to go out to your house or go out to your truck, plug it into the generator port and your house is back online. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when the house goes back online, you just unplug it and go. So for me, that's, that's a lot of value. Like people pay tens of thousands of dollars for generator setups that can power their house for days. But you have that in every single electric vehicle out there. My, my dinky little Chevy Bolt with its uh, 65 kilowatt hour battery pack can run my house for multiple days. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know why this isn't a big thing that, because inverters aren't expensive. Like you can get an inverter, you know, at Amazon for a hundred bucks, that'll put out uh, a kilowatt or two um, peak. So, you know, build that into a car. It's got to be, you know, better, you know, for bumps and it's got to be way, you know, burlier, but like for a thousand dollar option to have a, a 240 volt outlet in your car, that would be a no brainer. And it's not like, it would be super easy to set up. It's, it's yeah. just, fru- it's to me, it's frustrating that it's just Ford and, and, uh, Hyundai right now. Yeah. My idea was like, and I'm putting it out there. If anyone wants to steal my idea and do it, go for it is the perfect product for that would be a, a product that, um, okay. So it's, Maybe it doesn't need to be as powerful or, or energy dense as a power wall, but you have some energy capacity in there. You have, uh, like, like it could, it could cover for, because most of the power outages are, are, are short term, like relatively right. short term. So j- just to, to cover you for like a, like the hour that, or two hours, uh, that it, like I had a bunch lately this, over the last week, especially during the big storm. I, my power would go down like three times in a day, but only for like 10 minutes at a time or something. Um, so you could cover something like that. So a small battery, but in the device, you have the battery pack for that. You have an inverter and uh, you, you have a EV charger, charging station for bi-directional charging. So you have a, basically a bi-directional charger with a battery pack connected to it. And uh, and then you can isolate the home on that, so you can switch back and forth from. Uh, you can island your home basically, and for a short period of time. And then if you need to, if you need like if something happens and it's going to be like a, a few days without power, then you can plug your car into it, and uh, and then grab the energy from your car to power your home. I think that would be like the the idea. Like it would be definitely a more expensive device, but it would be worth it because you at least you, you get some energy capacity where you don't need to uh, necessarily use your car when you don't have to, and you can use your car if it's for an extended period of time, and you can even maybe do something like a DC fast charging on it, like a like a, a quick DC fast charging if it's a even if it's just like ten fifteen kilowatt whatever it is, uh, you, you you can power that real quick if, if you have to it can be useful and not again so how big would the battery be like kilowatts hours? yeah that's what i'm saying i'm about probably 10 10 kilowatt hours yeah because 10 would cover like most vast majority of power outages right so let's yeah, do that be... someone someone like uh what's the the like the tesla engineers that went and did the electrical panel uh thing uh smart span span so spn so that guy I've been talking to, uh, evextend.com, uh, he has a product like that, actually. Hmm. Um, really? So the cheap one um, is the... Can, like you share the can you share the page? I want to see. Yeah, let me see. Uh, but uh, our friend... Oh, okay, no, no, okay, you show it to me. Yeah, yeah, I cannot remember. Yeah, but something that looks good. <laughs> so, yes, it needs a little bit of... Uh, you know, but it's like a small power wall, really. Yeah, and uh, the, the and it's you know three thousand dollars, so you're saving some money. So um, that's basically just two marine cycle like heavy duty batteries, you know, twenty four uh, volts um, going into a big inverter and powers the house while it's offline. And it looks like it's around three to four thousand dollars for something like that. And that's in addition to uh, your Chevy Bolt or Nissan Leaf you know, sending power into that system. 
So, you know, when you have like the big spikes with your air conditioner or your refrigerator, um, this thing can kind of handle those things. Um, mm. So, I mean, those are those are the options out there. Uh, I think that makes sense. Uh, you know, your, your product makes a lot of sense. Mm. But, um, you know, 10, 10 kilowatts is pretty expensive. I mean, Tesla's charging how much yeah. for power walls? That's... No, it's gonna be it's gonna be not cheap. But if it's a, a charger, I mean, at the same time, a vehicle charger. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, you just save a uh, thousand bucks with the installation right there, and uh, and and then uh, at the same time, if it can be like an inverter too for your solar system or something like that, that can, that can be you can combine a lot of these things together. I think. Yep. Yeah, I think we're gonna see more of that. All right, should we get into some some questions and then uh, talk about, because uh, I think a lot of them are related to the subject of... Uh... Sure. Uh, so first of all, uh, sorry, some of you missed it because the Moscow, Idaho, USA quadruple murder uh, thing has happened. Thanks, Dan, for clarifying that. Uh, that's why our views are down. Yeah, it's only 69 viewers right now. I want to start and say that the IRA SUV classification makes no sense. So everyone who waited for the 2023 EV tax credit are all getting third row model y now so we talked a little bit about that yeah yeah it, is, it, is, it doesn't make sense here you know what i was thinking though instead of the third row what if you got a, a tow hitch i wonder if that would all that material would put you over the weight limit six thousand pounds anyway i'll have to look into it uh roller 20 we've been watching you guys for two years finally got an ev oh wow congrats specifically a id4 all-wheel drive love it more than any car that i've ever owned and apparently doesn't do a lot of road trips, which is probably a good thing. Hmm. Uh, actually, it's not. That's not a bad car for a road trip. Uh, Two hundred fifty miles, relatively fast charging, not that bad. Uh, much better than the Bolt. Hmm. Uh, M Graham nineteen sixty four says, if you have an enhanced autopilot, it is only ninety nine dollars a month to try FSD beta. Hmm. I'm trying it out for one month. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I'm. It's you worth. Can try well, it. Yeah, it's worth probably a hundred bucks just just to try it, but I I doubt that you're gonna want to keep it for a hundred dollars a month. After that, maybe maybe in a year or something that that would be something worth it. But right now, it's it's again you're you're paying a hundred dollars a month to to basically like train the system. It makes it makes no sense. I I mean you, you have to give it to Tesla. Like they convinced two hundred eighty five thousand people to do that. Including both of us, <laughs> yeah, including ourselves, included. Though I don't, I don't actually use it. I don't train it that much. Well, yeah, same. I just test it every now and again when I'm there's a new update. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably one of the business moves. You know century. what? Save yourself ninety nine dollars a month. Go find yourself a six year old. Put him in, <laughs> put him in the driver's seat, <laughs> and tell him give them no instruction whatsoever. Right. Just, <laughs> and just say, let's go to the store. All right. Uh, Let's see. The IRS makes no sense. That's true. Sometimes, usually. Nick Cedar's question, is there any way to buy a new Bolt without going to a dealer? Oh, man, I wish there was. But, Not uh, a new one. Uh, yeah, you could probably get one on, like, Carvana or whatever. But it, won't be, it won't be new, though, no? Carvana no, it won't be own, new. But yeah. they sometimes, like, buy a bunch from dealers and just sell them as used, uh, even though they have, like, 12 yeah. miles. Uh, but, yeah, you just got to plug your nose and go, mm. go, go there and try not to get swindled. Uh, yeah. The Jose, we were talking about how the ID four mm. five seater is under 80,000, uh, possibly because of the weight. Uh, Tesla could offer the model Y for 55,000 K and software cap it, but kind of like they did in Canada there, uh, to a hundred mile range to qualify for the $7,500 incentive. And then have the rest of the remaining available mileage range as a software upgrade package. Yeah, I mean, normally I would be against that. Like the way they did it in Canada, I don't think was good. Uh, in this case, because the Model Y should be in it anyway. Like if like if the ID four gets it, like the Model Y should get it. Should get it. Like it's, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, it's the the eighty thousand dollars or whatever is the actual criteria for it. If it's a six thousand pounds, well, I mean, there's just as much space and utility in in a sports utility vehicle. Uh, ID4 that is in the Model Y, so my, you, you should get it. So if Tesla does that, though I'm, I'm not so sure it's going to work, but if it, I wouldn't be mad at it at least. No. Right. Yeah. I mean, you just like right now, people might as well just get the third row. Like, yeah. 
$3,000 third row will save you $7,500. Do you think Cybertruck will finally start production in 2023? Do you think Model 3 will refresh? Two questions. The multi refresh looks extremely likely at this point. Um, the timing of it, I don't know exactly, but uh, e- extremely likely that's going to happen in 2023. The cyber truck production—that's uh, that—that's the big question. I'm actually personally extremely confident that production will start this year, um, but it, it's all about the volume. That's that's the harder part to predict. Like based on what we're seeing from Tesla and installing production, like the taking delivery we reported last week of. Uh, uh, a bunch of robots to, to build it. They, they have the press that's taking delivery right now, the, the 9,000-pound uh, pressure press. So uh, based on on, on those, uh, it looks like Tesla is investing right now to to make to, for the production of it. So they should be able to start it, but there's the, the starting it and getting to 1,000 units per week, like that's, that's two way different things. So... Yeah, production should finally start in 2023. Reaching volume production, that's the biggest question. I think that's that's for next year, I think. Sounds good. I agree. Um, and yes, volume production will be probably 2024. Uh, bolt sales. Okay, back to Bolt. Uh, 2023, I will guess 77,000 because GM has said they will make 77,000. Well, I would be a little bit more cautious. I would be probably 70,000 70, units would, would, would make more sense, I think. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's about right. Uh, Tesla really needs a new CEO in my humble opinion. Yeah, very common theme. All right. Our own Mikey G asks, would you say your opinion of Elon Musk and his management has changed recently? If so, do you also reflect on past views in a different way? Uh, that's a very general. Yeah, point. I did. That's a good point for Mike. It did. Like, I mean, it, it did raise some doubts of, uh, about him. In terms of like seeing how he runs Twitter and you just throw throw and things at the wall. wall and hoping that it sticks. And it does open the door to the idea. It's like, has he been doing that all along and it's just worked? <laughs> and now it's just not working. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I think that's an exaggeration saying that. Uh, I think, I do think that Twitter is a completely different problem that he's never faced before that uh, I don't think that he's equipped to do it because it's a sales. Twitter is a salesman's job. Like we have probably people at uh, it's, it's selling ads. We have people on nine to five that probably are better equipped at running Twitter than not the engineering side of things, obviously, but I mean, Twitter has been running somewhat smoothly engineeringly. Like I I know that he's kind of uh, a, he kind of found some problem like or exposed some problem where he was like, oh, you know, in India, in India, it, it, it sucks. Like in India, it takes you minutes to open a page on Twitter. I solved that. I'm like, okay, like, I, don't, I don't know many people in India. And I, if, if it made your experience better, I, I'm happy for it. But I, in the U.S., at least I've seen no difference whatsoever on, uh, uh, on the actual engineering experience, like how smoothly it runs. So it's more about the business side of things. And the business side of things, Twitter is selling ads. That's their business model. Now subscription, I guess. But that was a flop if there ever was one, the the blue thing. I mean, they had to relaunch it like three times. So really at the core of the business is still selling ads at Twitter. And maybe Elon has some ways to change that. But for now, it is. And uh, do you see Elon as an ad salesman? No, I don't, I don't think that's his expertise at all. I think that he's way too polarizing for that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that was my take on that. All right. Dan Oberst says Tesla deserves to have a CEO who has the company's mission statement on their top 10, three priorities. Elon has let it slip out of his top 20. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That when I was really starting to get concerned is when he said like, um, I'm top priority. Number one right now is the woke mind virus. Like that's top of my list of concerns for the world right now. That's when I was like, really? That's if that's on, if that's in your top ten, and, and then a lot of other people that I respect too, uh, I've said similar ways too. But I think I think some like Joe Rogan has been big on that for a long time. Like he said, it being a big concern for him. And I'm like, I was always a bit disagreeing on that. Uh, but I think a lot of them are easing up to it a little bit. Like they're 
like if you're not online, if you're not like Twitter and all of that, like it just doesn't seep in that much into your world of virus. Like, would that would be that great if all virus was the same way? Like they all propagate online, and if you have a nice, like if you, you have a, a good hygiene, a good internet hygiene, where you don't you don't throw yourself into dark corners on the web, you don't actually get infected by that virus. Yeah. Would that be nice if they were all like that? It wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a top concern really. Like, uh, uh, this this may not be a great idea, but uh, Roller Twenty says I wish Tesla was private so they wouldn't do these insane end and quarter pushes, and also they can develop long term products. Uh, I mean, a lot of people would wish Tesla was private right now, so that the stock price wouldn't be free falling. But uh, but the, the the public market uh, until until recently has been very good to Tesla. So yeah, and what is it up today? I, I know it was, uh, it was basically flat today, but it was way up yesterday. But that was the only time it was way up in the last few right. weeks. It's still and, way down over the last few months. And the market's closed tomorrow or it opens for a little bit tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow it's uh, Saturday, so it's definitely closed. Oh, yeah, it's closed. <laughs> I was thinking the 31st, but yeah. uh, all right. So that's probably how it's going to end the year. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Well, well, any any prediction on what's going to be? Big in the EV market in 2023. But what's going to be the big storylines to follow in 2023? Said. So again, I I'm kind of big on the the vehicle to load thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, can the, the Hyundai put out like real numbers of vehicles? Like they haven't been sending many vehicles to the U.S., but can they ramp up their production? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Volkswagen kind of seems like they're stalling out a little bit they were really high on getting some big numbers out ford uh wants to put out six uh, wants to have a run rate of six hundred thousand evs a year by the end of the year uh chevy has uh you know the bold ev which they're going to make seventy seven thousand of but in the spring they're doing silverado ev in the summer they're doing the blazer ss ev and in the fall they're doing the um equinox uh you know, supposedly $30,000 EV. So there's some competition, but I don't, you know, none of these companies really have the, the battery bandwidth that mm-hmm. even close to Tesla, like all of them combined aren't even, you know, I don't, I don't know that they can match Tesla. So, I mean, for me, that's the storyline. Does Tesla yeah. continue to be the dominant player? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that because I, I think what's unless uh, the 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 Elon trajectory keeps going that way, and I, I can see like Tesla having major demand issue next year if if, if it keeps going that. So uh, that's the, that's the big hiff, obviously. Well, I think next year in twenty twenty three, it's going to be a big year for models. We're going to have a bunch of new EV models that's going to come to market. But I don't think it's going to be the big year for volume other than Tesla. Again, I think Tesla is still going to be dominant in terms of volumes uh, because a lot of these vehicle programs that you just mentioned are very attractive. Like they look like I know a lot of people would be willing to buy them, but are they going to be able to buy them? That's the, the, the big difference. And I don't think next year they're going to be the kind of volume that we need to. The only, the only, well, it, it launched this year, it launched, uh, um, it's not launching in 2023, but the, the F-150 is going to be higher volume. But are you sure about that, Seth, that it's 2023 that they want 600,000? Because from what vehicle? Because I know I know they want to be at 150,000 with the Lightning by the end of next year. So they wanted at the end of the year to have a run rate of yeah. six. So I think their Q4 2023, they want to have 150,000 vehicles. 150,000 lightning production capacity for the lightning by the end of the year. Lightning, Mach E. You said 600,000. So the run rate, so a run rate for the uh, 600,000 per year run rate at the yeah. end of 2023. 150,000 is going to be the lightning out of that. What what, what are going to be the other models? Well, the Mach E and the E Transit. I don't know if they're going to have another model. Next yeah, year. that's I, I don't because the Mac is not even going to beat one hundred fifty thousand. They're going to sell some uh, some uh, MEB platform stuff in Europe. Oh, that's right, that's right. But this, I don't know. This, that's yeah. That's really that great to brag about. But yeah, but that, that is, that's that's a thing. So even if like maybe a lot of the growth is going to come at the end of the year, and then twenty twenty four is going to be the year of volume. I think because all of the especially all of those GM programs that you mentioned. 
right. with the Altium factories coming online. Uh, 2024, that's going to be where the volume comes in. Uh, so if uh, if you're planning some purchase, or like to, to update your vehicle, uh, I would I would aim for like uh, mid 2024. That's where you're going to have probably a lot more options. But uh, at the same time, I think that 2024 is also going to be the year where a lot of people are going to uh, the the few people that are not the few, I shouldn't say the few but the 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 core group of people that are still say that EVs are not the future and all that they're going to completely disappear by 2024 I think and they're all going to switch to like actually my next vehicle is going to be an EV and that that, that that's what changes the game it doesn't need to be a hundred percent of new car purchase be electric just yet you just need to be people who are like okay my next purchase is going to be an EV and mm-hmm. once that happens like you you have once that information is out there, you have to kill all your production of gasoline production car, uh, internal combustion engine. So I don't think necessarily that's gonna like. I think a lot more people obviously in twenty twenty three are gonna realize that, but I think twenty twenty four is gonna be when like almost all people are realizing it. Uh, in 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 most countries, I should say obviously like uh, some uh, so, so some countries are, are don't have the infrastructure uh, yet, and they, they're not advanced enough into electrification like a lot of south america for example is not is not quite there yet uh africa obviously um some some asian countries uh, but uh, a lot of asian countries uh, like southeast asia like there you you see some uh, some movement recently but uh, still like it's still so early that they have to deploy the infrastructure so it's going to take some time but uh yeah a lot, a lot of exciting stuff people a lot of exciting stuff into 2023 so Hopefully another great year for Electric and Electric Podcast too. I hope that you guys are going to keep following us into 2023. We appreciate every single one of you. And I hope that uh, you're going to have a fun and safe new year. I'm going to see you in 2023.